Exodus chapter 40. And uh, Exodus chapter 40, the 28th verse. Exodus 40 and 28. Uh, and he set up the hanging at the door of the tabernacle. And he put the altar of burnt offering by the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation and offered upon it the burnt offering and the meat offering as the Lord commanded Moses. And he set the labor between the tent of the congregation and the altar and put water there to wash withal. And Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet thereat. When they went into the tent of the congregation, and when they came near unto the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. And so Moses finished the work. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Praise the Lord. Amen. If we could turn in the word of the Lord to the book of Hebrews and the 13th chapter. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 13. And just one verse there. The uh, 15th verse. Hebrews 13 and the verse number 15. And Paul admonishes the Hebrew Christians. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's worship the Lord for just a moment here. And give him some praise. Praise God. I want to preach about the frankincense of praise. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for your almighty divine goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. We thank you for Calvary. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God, the prophets of God. Hallelujah, the apostles of the Lamb. We thank you for this church today. We thank you, God, for this pastor today. This we thank you, God, for the prayers of God before the Lord and we pray today that your will will be accomplished as people will receive the life and the enlightenment of the presence of God and healing in their bodies and refreshing and renewing and unshackling in their minds and in their emotions and spirits we pray today that we can all be enabled to offer you the sacrifice of praise praise God you may be seated the Lord bless you Amen. I love the book of Exodus and the Word of God. And it is a, the description, praise the Lord, of the children of Israel leaving Egypt's land of bondage. And they had been in servitude, uh, not all the years, but of the 400 years in Egypt, uh, probably for the last 300 uh, of those years when a new Pharaoh, amen, did, did not know Joseph, amen, who was the, uh, a child of God, one of the sons of Jacob, Amen. Who was second to Pharaoh in all Egypt land because of his interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams and provider, amen, of nourishment through the famine that was prophesied through dream to come. 
Amen. This new Pharaoh arose, a new Pharaoh regime, amen, arose. And uh, they didn't know Joseph. They didn't know his works and his closeness and appointment by the other Pharaoh line. And so they began to persecute and began to enslave the Jewish race because they began to grow prolifically and uh, began to be more numerous than the Egyptians because God blessed them. He had told Abram that they were going to be a people come from his loins, amen, that God was going to call, God was going to have a place and a relationship that would be unique among all the families of the earth and that blessing and salvation would come, amen, through the people of Abraham. Can you say praise the Lord, everybody? Amen. And so hundreds of years of, of servitude, of slavery, and as they grew more and more numerous and overwhelmingly larger than the Egyptian populace, amen, they began to, amen, uh, be under the whip of the Egyptians, and they were under rigor, that is, under severe oppression, and uh, <clears throat> there was no kindness whatsoever, just lashes and hardships and all that. And they came out, amen, of the land through Moses, Amen. And God gave them a tremendous deliverance. The Red Sea opened up. Praise God, everybody. Praise and on the other side of that Red Sea, God gave them commandments. And he showed Moses on Mount Sinai at the time of the giving of the Ten Commandments. Amen. Etched by the very hand of God himself, given to Moses. Amen. In that 80-day period, Moses was in the glory of God. He was in such a state that his face began, amen, to sink in. His flesh began to seep in the glory and presence of God around him. So when he came down off the mountain of the people of God, amen, radiant rays of glory, amen, were coming off his face that people were afraid of, and he had to put a veil over his face. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Just wait, I'm going somewhere. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I said, we got a glorious heritage here today. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. And on that mountain in the glory of God, God gave Moses the Pacific blueprint. I, I tell you, he gave him the architectural blueprint, praise the Lord, yeah. amen, for how to build a house for God, a house of worship that was going to be a tent in the midst of a mobile, amen, generation of some three to six million people in the desert making their way to a promised land. Well, praise God. God was going to meet with them. God was going to bless them. God said, see that you make it according to the pattern that I showed you in the mountain. He gave them the dimensions and the kind of materials to use for the altars. Amen. The table of showbread. Amen. The candelabra of pure gold and the ark and the mercy seat. Amen. With the cherubims of pure gold overlooking and looking down on that mercy seat. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. Amen. I'm glad to be in the house of God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. He gave them that blueprint. And the reason that we're talking about something here that might seem so archaic, amen, and so, so distant, way back 36, 3,800 years ago, amen, and how it could have relevancy, amen, and bring something beautiful and powerful into our life is because this tabernacle that God gave to Moses, it wasn't Moses' idea, it wasn't Aaron, his brother, the high priest's idea, it was God's idea, amen, and plan that he gave to Moses because we see types and shadows of the church and what it means, amen, to approach God, how to fear him, how to love him, amen, and what God will do that Israel, amen, live as an example, amen, for the church that was yet to come in future millennia. What can you say? Praise the Lord. 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 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so there's an importance here. Amen. There is a spiritual signification here. Amen. That is awesome. Hallelujah. When we see that everything they did, everything that the gifted workers of Holiab and Beziel, who are gifted by God, amen, to, to fashion and form, amen, the furnishings and the curtains, amen, and the things that belong to the tabernacle, praise the Lord. Everything speaks of the beauty of the New Testament church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we're reading the culminating chapter, the 40th chapter of the book of Exodus here. And we see, amen, that amen, that they had brought all of these things. They spoiled the Egyptians. Amen. And they brought these offerings of gold and silver and tapestries. They brought these offerings, amen, of, of ram skins and all these different things that were going to go for the coverings of the tabernacle. Amen. And gold, amen, that was going to overlay, amen, much of the furniture of the tabernacle. And silver that was going to overlay the foundation sockets that the boards, amen, in the tabernacle overlaid with gold were going to be set into. Amen. Oh, this was a desert, a desert edifice, amen, a tent, amen, that on the outside it was ram skins, badger skins, dyed red, amen. They figured it was some kind of something that was curious and like a sea otter, a river otter of some kind that they would have had access to as slaves, amen, building the, the pyramids. Come on, everybody. Amen. amen. And they took all of these hides that they used to use for water bottles, Amen. And sewed them together. And you can imagine that outer covering of that tabernacle. Badger skins. Come on. Dyed red. Like blood. Little claws. Little faces. Little. Oh my goodness. The outside of that thing was ugly. Amen. As it could be. But when you got the privilege of being a priest and going on the inside. Amen. You would see cherubims. Amen. Embroidered on the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. You would see a candelabra. Hallelujah. Solid gold. And a table of showbread. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And incense that went up there. It was something beautiful. Amen. And unbelievably breathtaking when you went on the inside. Yeah. Thank God. Praise the Lord. Well, for three or six months they had built and labored and made everything according to the pattern that God had showed Moses on the mount to make his house, his house of worship. He was going to dwell in the midst, in the midst of this roving Band, amen, of newly liberated slaves, the Israelites, amen, from Egypt land until they got into Canaan's land of promise. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And so it looks like, what was it, I want to ask, what was it, I ask as I read the scripture, that brought this tremendous glory, that brought this cloud that covered the tent of the congregation, and this glory of God that filled the tabernacle. It was so bristling and so intense and so full of that blue haze, Shekinah-like smoke of the glorious presence of God that Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud was there and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That's the kind of church we want to have. Yeah. We're God. He's on the inside. He's above it. He's around it. Come on, he's moving in. Hallelujah. Almost where the scripture reads, it seems like that it says here, 
Moses, amen, he finished the work. And so when he finished the work, that that's when the cloud came. But there's, there's something we need to understand. Amen. Even though that this newly generated uh, nation of slaves that escaped in Egypt gave probably an estimated one-third of everything that they possessed to the building of the house of God. Come on, that's 33%. We're getting away light with 10%. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even though they gave so lavishly and lovingly and inspirationally to the work of God, their giving in itself Amen. Did not bring down that glory. Okay? And even though the Holy Adam Beziel, amen, the God moved upon craftsmen and workers, amen, of all the furnishings and everything they had to do with the making and putting together of the instruments of the tabernacle, even though they did it according to the exact blueprint and of the materials and quality, amen, that God would be pleased with, amen, even their workmanship and their craftsmanship didn't bring the glory. There's something that brings the glory of God down. And I want to find out what brings down the glory of God. Come on. Because I believe it's something we can replicate yes. today. Yes. I believe it's the will of God to have the glory of God. Yes. The power of God. The second green presence of God. Hallelujah. Yes. In the church. In the say praise the Lord. In the Hallelujah. And so it wasn't the offering. Amen. Although God was highly pleased with that. And it wasn't the workmanship. Although God was the one who endowed them with the gift. Amen. And the creative vision to make it. Amen. Praise the Lord. But there was something. Amen. That brought down. Hallelujah. That glory. There's a pattern here. Amen. When Solomon built the temple. Amen. A thousand years later. Amen. When he built the temple, because now they were in the promised land. They were stationary in cities and towns and villages. Amen. They built their massive temple. Amen. For the Lord there, one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. They say that it would be something like a trillion dollars to replicate in manpower, labor, and all that. Solomon's temple. Hello. Amen. But there was a similar amen, scenario of spiritual events that led, amen, to where God moved in that temple and he entered that place and the priests couldn't remain in there. Nobody could go inside because God, amen, came in, hallelujah, like a holy fire, amen, through those doors and through every door, amen, into that place, amen, into the place where the ark and the mercy seat was, and say, praise God, and the glory of God took over, hallelujah, the temple of Solomon, I'm going to put my name here, this is my house, this is where all your faces will turn when you offer prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then there's a scenario, really the most beautiful scenario, is in the New Testament in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Praise the Lord. Where 120 were gathered together. Mary, amen, the mother of Jesus was there. His six half-brothers and sisters were there. Hello. Oh, it's good to know, you know, Mary needed the Holy Ghost. And Jesus has had yeah. brothers and sisters that wondered if he was beside himself. Hello, everybody. And questioned, amen, some of the claims and things that he was saying from the periphery of the crowd and thought him strange. Amen. They needed the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes. We need yes. the power of the Holy Ghost. If Jesus' mother needed it and his yes. brothers and sisters needed Come it, on. I need it and you need it. Hallelujah. Yes. They were in that upper room, amen, 
They had been commanded by the Lord Jesus before he ascended into heaven. Amen. Go ye to Jerusalem and tarry to be, you be endued with power from on high. For you're going to receive the promise. You have heard of me speak the promise of my Father. Praise the Lord, everybody. It was the Holy Ghost. And so they had repented. Amen. They were seeking God. They were praying. They were fasting. Amen. For some seven or ten days. Amen. Something like that in that upper room in Jerusalem. Praise God. When the Bible said that on the 50th day, the day of Pentecost, suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. Come on. There's the God that rides the winds on the chairs. Praise the Lord. chapter, Leviticus, the ninth chapter, amen, was a sacrifice. The final act of the day was not stretching out the curtains ten foot high surrounding walls around the tabernacle. The final act of the day was not amen, having a team of priests, amen, move the ten, five, ten foot, six foot high, amen, brazen altar in the outer courts, amen, the final act of the day, amen, was this offering. And in this offering, praise the Lord, he offered at the twilight time of the day, amen, the burnt offering and the meat offering as the Lord commanded Moses. The offering was twofold, not just a burnt up animal, but also a meat offering. Allow me to read something here. Praise the Lord. Just indulge me your patience for just a moment here. In Leviticus Praise the Lord. The second chapter and the first and second verse, it explains what this meat offering is. The word meat is really a misnomer. It's really a meal offering because there's no meat in the meat offering. The burnt offering was an animal burnt all night long unto God, properly dissected and sacrificed and, and uh, take the entrails taken out. But a meat offering was really a meal offering. And so Leviticus 2, 1 and 2 describes it. When, when any will offer a meat offering unto the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour and pour oil on it and put frankincense thereon. So here's the components of the meal offering. It was, oil, it was flour, it was olive oil, and it was frankincense. He shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest. He shall take thereof of his hand a handful of the flour thereof with the oil thereof and all of the frankincense. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So at the end of the day, amen, with three to six million sets of eyes, amen, looking around from every corner and vistage point that they could peer into what was going on. There was an extreme atmosphere of expectation and faith that was in yeah. the atmosphere, praise the Lord, yeah. of what Moses, amen, was going to do around that altar. And so first he offered the burnt offering. 
burnt offering was the most lavish. It was the most expensive of the five offerings that God commanded Amen Moses to teach the children of Israel. It was the only offering where every part of it belonged to God. Amen. The sin offering and the trespass offering, those, amen, much of it would go back to the givers that they could celebrate, amen, the mercy of God, amen, that had come to their sacrifice. Praise the Lord. But the burnt offering, amen, it was something wholly given to God. Every participle of it, amen. And in that offering of that burnt offering, I'm telling you, it's a type. It's a type of us. The Bible says that we ought to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Amen. And so there's a picture here that communicates to you and to me amen, what God is looking for to bring down the glory in your life and your church's life. brought that bullock out before Moses there. One, one of the priests, amen, slipped the neck of that thing. Amen. There was 13 gallons worth of blood, amen, within a bullock of 2,000 pounds. Amen. The priest got to work and began to dissect that animal, amen, into halves and into quarters and into smaller pieces, amen. And then they would extract, amen, the intestines and the innards of that thing and lay them in another pile, amen, somewhere on the other side of the altar there. Amen. But this process is so similar. It's so near and close to you and I dying out to sin. Dying out to the world. Dying out to our past life and our transgressions. Dying out to our murders. Dying out to our broken. Dying out to our alcoholism. Dying out to our feelings. sin. Amen. But now he commanded all men everywhere to repent. So we're under that. Amen. We're under the command. Amen. I'm so glad that God led me to repentance. I was just an old filthy boy. I was just an old drug taker. Come on, everybody. I was just an old little thief taking money from mom and pop and anywhere I could. They buy LSD and marijuana and everything else like it. Come on. Come on. Oh my. There's plenty of sins that you're looking at up here that God's forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. It's a time of death. And when you heard the groans of that animal being slaughtered and being dissected and saw the pool of blood at the priest's feet and soaked into the sand and on, the, on their feet and sandals on the edges of the bottom of their garments there, amen, and the bulbous pile, amen, of guts, amen, on the other side there, and the stench that began to arise, amen, from the 115-degree weather out there. Hello, everybody. Amen. The process of that death Amen. It seemed grueling. It seemed painful. It seemed distasteful. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Amen. On the outside of that 10-foot high corridor of curtain that surrounded the camp, the, the, uh, the encampment there, let alone a 30-foot wide enclosed open door in the front, amen, people on the backside or on the sides of it couldn't see what was going on, but all they heard, amen, was the guttural cries of a dying bullock. 
all they smelled was the smell, amen, of now it's carcass beginning to bring stench and it's innards beginning to bring stench, amen, on the desert floor there, amen. The sounds they heard and the smells they smelled and everything, amen, that they had consciousness of on the other side of that ten foot wall, amen, behind the tabernacle there was, amen, there's something dying there, there's something, amen, giving up life there, there's something, amen, going on. Yeah, that's right. It's a type of our coming to God. You know, when we came to God, amen, we said, Lord, I just want you. I just want to live for you, Lord. And when we came to that altar, amen, if we made that altar at our bedside or in a car, amen, hearing the word of God on the radio or, amen, here in a church, hallelujah, amen, the servants of the Lord many times would just come up around us. And it's like that each, each priest had to bear a big part of that, amen, maybe a leg or maybe a, a thigh or maybe one other part there of that 2,000-foot beast hurling on that 10-foot-long altar. It's like our minister and like our friends and our soul winning. Amen. People telling us just give it all to God. Come on, give him that piece of your life. Give him that piece of your heart. Come on. Give him that piece of your being. Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then it was meant to burn all night long. And you know, the thing about it, the tragedy, amen, is that most of the religious world so-called today, amen, most of churchdom, all that they know Amen. Is repentance. Amen. Thank God they know that. Amen. It's our first act even of coming to God. And it's wonderful a truth. Amen. That they have that. But that's not all there is. Amen. At all in living for God or approaching Him. Yeah. You can't just, amen, have a slaughtered animal. Amen. On an altar there. That alone will not bring yes. down the glory. Yeah. Amen. As Come good on. as commanded is necessary and wonderful as it is for you and I to cry our guts out so to speak and ask God to help us. Something so tough, so difficult, so fiery in life. Amen. And they kept praying and they kept coming to the house of God. But after a while, if there's not this second part of a sacrifice, it's going to turn, amen, to stench in the courts of God. Amen. And that second part, after that animal was already ablaze and the fire was singeing and sizzling through that flesh. Amen. He brought the meal offering. A handful of fine beaten flour, all of olive oil, and all of the glob of frankincense. Praise God. And the priest took that and he threw it into the midst of that burning carcass on the altar there. And when that frankincense and oil Amen. Hit the sizzle of that flame. Yeah. I'm telling you, begin to soon. Amen. A perfume cloud. Amen. The sun. And get it up. Break the wind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
God, the fruit of the lips, the sacrifice of praise. And they seem so, words that seem such a dichotomy. How is sacrifice and praise linked up together? Hello. Right, come on. Mm, well, today. Hallelujah. I really did pray about this today. Hello, God. Hallelujah. You see, the way that they got frankincense, it was very rare. It was hard to procure. Amen. They had to, I hear they had to take caravan trains all the way to India. Amen. To get the frankincense from the frankincense trees. Amen. But what they would do in harvesting this is they would make an incision in the evening tide with their saber or their knife or sword, whatever, and tie rags right beneath that incision. And so during the nighttime, the blood life or the sap, amen, of that frankincense tree would exude out of the wound and it would drip and dribble and, and form on that rag. And they'd take that rag off and begin to, amen, curry all of the frankincense gum, amen, that they could off of that until they had a big amount of it there. It was hard to secure and it came through the incisions and the wounding, amen, of something living. You see, what frankincense and what the frankincense of praise is, is that in your life, your heart yes. will be cut by many things. Just stay with him. I'm almost done, believe it or not. So good. I said your heart yes. will be cut by many things. Yes. Amen. The prophecy was to Mary, amen, when she had the birth of Christ's child. Amen. That all this is going to bring about, amen, a wound to your own soul when she stood at the foot of the cross in the future and saw, amen, her son, amen, uh, so mutilated and so brutally, amen, ravaged. Your life, amen, the scripture teaches us that, amen, that offenses will come. Man that is born of woman is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. And there's many offenses in life. Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended in me. There's many, many offenses that come in life. There's many, many cuts that come to the heart. Many, many disappointments that come. Hello, everybody. Many, many pains and hurts that come. Losses that come. Deaths that come unexpectedly. Are you with me here this morning? Come on. Things, amen, that totally have the power, amen, to make a saber mark on your heart. Hallelujah. Right. And if we're not careful, amen, these things can drive us from God. But they're allowed not, amen, to be a thing that would drive us from God. They're allowed in the first place. We might offer God a sacrifice of praise. Praise the Lord. When we collect, amen, the wound and that frankincense that that wound in our heart begins, amen, to form in our spirit and in our life. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sometime when we're in the house of God and it feels like that our strength is ebbing away and it feels like that what we're going through and the fiery trial that we're going through and the disillusionment that we're going through, come on everybody, is about to cause our feet to slide. Hallelujah. God has got a weapon against sin and a weapon against the enemy. Amen. And something glorious for the church of the living God is you can reach down amen, into the depths of your heart and pull out amen, the gun called frankincense amen, and offer praise to God. Lord, I thank you. I understand and I praise you.
the small and perfumed frankincense of worship from thy lips. And your Bible tells us in the book of Acts, even that the angel of the Lord went down to the threshold, the foundations of that prison house, and began to shake and quake. Amen. To the minor earthquake. Hallelujah. And tell everybody shackles fall off. You know, when you pray for the Lord, not only your shackles will come off, but your neighbor's shackles will come off. Other people's shackles will come off. like some upstart and say, come on, I'll just go ahead and praise the Lord. You lost your, your friend will just, just go ahead and praise the Lord. We're not, we're, it's, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. It's just that there's some things that you'll go through in life that your preacher can't help you and your friends can't help you and your mom and your father can't help you. And if you don't get sacrifice, praise going and have God Almighty, amen, deliver your mind in your spirit and your soul. Amen. I've been living for God. I come into this when I was 16 and a half or so, not quite 17. I was the only one in our family. Four children. I was the oldest. God gave me a beautiful testimony. Received the Holy Ghost in Menlo Park, California, for the Watson's Church. And, um, not long after I turned my life to God and I tried to witness my family, I brought my mom and dad and my two sisters and brother in the living room one time and began to talk, cry to them and tell them what God had done in my life. And they had known me as just an old long-haired rock and roll and, and drug addict. And uh, they couldn't understand the change. You know, where's the old Doug? We're, we're not familiar with this. You ever gone through anything like that? And uh, anyway, I've been living for God faithfully for about two or three months, when all of a sudden my mother, who was only about 48 or so at the time, uh, said that the doctors had found something in her, and uh, they thought it might possibly be some kind of cancer. She confided this to me, and not to the other children. She wanted me to pray, so I prayed. And I prayed and fasted. I prayed and fasted for eight days. I brought her to a revival that the church was having, and had her to come to be prayed for, and she was, and she felt the touch, but that was about it. And anyway, to, to go through this more quickly, finally after about three or four months, she was in the Stanford University Hospital, the best hospital in the world for cancer treatment, the most innovative um, back then. And um, she was there for six weeks. I remember praying and fasting. I remember my old pastor praying, amen, with me. She's going to make it. God's going to do something. I felt so sure in my heart. I prayed and fascinated. It's going to happen. God's going to lift her up. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Praise the Lord. When finally, I remember the night, my father came in after my wife. My mother had been in the hospital for six weeks. And I heard the door shut. And I heard his feet shuffle out of the car. Amen. I heard a groan from his lips. And I heard... He came directly to my room, which was separated from the other ones, and fell on me. He said, Mother's dead. Mother's dead. I remember the sobbing. I remember the crying. I remember the refusal to try to take that in. 
I remember the denial, oh, this can't be. We prayed, I fasted, the pastors prayed. This cannot be, it cannot be, it cannot be. And I poured my heart out to God, and after a while, amen, I got into the place where it was, why, why? I was a dying sacrifice on the altar. Why, why? It hurts God, it hurts God. It's impossible, it can't be God. This isn't, it can't be. The church was kind. The church, amen, was comforting. The church provided meals. The church, amen, was in A1 form as far as trying to help administer to somebody in my condition as a 17-year-old young man losing their mother. Amen. And I kept coming to the house of God. I was doing pretty good. I kept praying. I tried to pray an hour a day. I kept riding my bike four miles one way to church and riding it back every time Wednesday night, Friday night, you, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Amen. I was there. But brother, pastor, something was happening. Amen. Down in there. As much as I, amen, had tried to preserve myself and walk with God, as much as I was a burn-up sacrifice, so to speak, of repentance and dying, amen, on the altar there, amen, after a period of weeks and after a period of months, amen, I was just going through the motions. I was just coming to church because I was just desperately trying to hold on to life that I'd found. Amen. Finally, after about eight months, Amen. I said, I can't do this anymore. I couldn't feel God. I couldn't feel nothing. I said, young man, I by this time got my first car. And that was a brand new one. <laughs> and I lined up stuff on my bed. I got my jeans out, my clothes, my wallet, my checkbook, and amen, a few books, and amen, a bunch of other clothes. And I was just going to take off and ride into the sunset, so to speak. But now as I was back there in my room, Amen. Getting everything together. Determined in my heart, I'm, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to leave God. A little voice kind of nudged on me. Well, can't you just pray one more time? Can't you just talk to me one more time? And I began to pray. and began to walk back and forth and pray a little bit. And all of a sudden, that voice of the Lord began to nudge on me. Say, why don't you thank me for your mother's death? And I summed up all the courage I had left. And I reached way down there and there's a big old glob of frankincense by this time. And reached up and I said it out of my lips. God, I thank you even for my mother's death. And when I said that, the Lord God be my witness. A cloud of his presence came into my room. The glory of God hit me. I felt the kind of presence like I never, never have. I began to weep. I began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. I began to rejoice. I began to joy. It was like I never had a loss or never had a pain. Come on, everybody. And my time wasn't any more restored unto me to joy. Amen. It's just like God reached into my sacrifice of praise yes. and took away all that lethal pain, that deadly overdone sorrow. Come on, everybody. Yes. Hallelujah. That desperate malaise 
of not moving forward. And put the bounce, and put the joy, and put the lightness, and the angel of his presence, praise God, back into my life again. Yeah. And I'm here <laughs> today, hallelujah, because I survived. I want us to close our eyes. Could we just open this house? Let's close our eyes for a moment because the Lord is here. And I wonder if we just couldn't raise our hands to God, thank you for everything. Listen, we know how. I got a little bit of an idea how bad suffering can get. I got a little bit of an idea of how lonely the road is sometimes. I got a little bit of an idea. That's what we're going to take to bring that home. Come on, let's raise our hands to the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord, brother and sister. I want you to lay your hand upon the shoulder. Even on the forehead of someone near you that needs prayer. Someone that needs some strength and some hope from God. I want you to just turn around and pray with me right now. Right where we're standing. Yes. Thomas, 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 today.